Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. And a very pleasant good evening and welcome once again to Recovery Coast to Coast. My name is Neil Scott. Glad to be with you tonight till midnight tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. It is our second night down here in Eugene, Oregon, in the Far West Music Conference, which brings together singer-songwriters and for those who want to promote and hire singer-songwriters. It's a great mix of artists from all around the country. We discovered over 20 artists who are either in recovery had addiction in their family, or had music relating to addiction and recovery. We start off tonight's program, our second show, with Caroline Aiken, who shares her struggles with addiction, and a great song called On a Train Ride to Recovery, and another song called Up Until Now. Then we sit down with Michael Morales. What a great guy. He's a singer-songwriter from the Pacific Northwest. I've known Michael for quite some time. He shares his story about the death of his alcoholic dad, and he remembers his dad in a song, which is called The Five Senses. And then we talk to Jane Selke, a grateful recovering alcoholic, who talks about her journey of nearly 30 years, one day at a time. She sings, In Love Before the Last Call. And then we round out the first hour with Dan Lowe. He talks about his alcoholic dad as well. And he shares his song called She Still Believes. And then hour number two. Prebo starts it off. He's an amazing guy. He's been on Recovery Coast to Coast before. He's been in long-term recovery now for close to 20 years. He was Bonnie Raitt's bass player for about 10 years before launching his own solo career. His story, his energy, his recovery, totally enlightening. He shares a new song called If Not Now, When? And then we meet a couple of guys by the name of Berkeley Hart who have a great song called 12. Then we roll on with Lee Jones from Eugene, Oregon. He talks about his codependency. And we wind up our second night here in Eugene, Oregon with Deborah Crooks, who reminds people who are seeking recovery that it's all up to you. Well, it's all up to you to be in touch with us. Our email address is recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, if you would like to be on the program and you have at least one year of continuous recovery, be sure and let us know. We can do a phone interview or we can have you in the studio if you happen to be in the Seattle area. We're coming to you from our flagship station in Seattle, Tacoma. It is KHHO, Clear Channel AM 850, and it's a delight to have you with us. I'm Neil Scott. We're going to take a short time out. Back on the other side with music from Oregon and the Far West Music Conference. These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and the cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. She has always been your baby. 
But when your daughter got into drugs and alcohol, she turned into a stranger. What do you do? Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized youth treatment program guides young people back to a life free of drugs and alcohol. All treatment is gender specific and directed by caring certified professionals in a safe environment. You can get your daughter back and get to know her again. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Your daughter's wasted again. You ignore it. You get help. Before long, she's been arrested. Before long, she's been promoted. You post bail. You congratulate her. And then her addiction really takes and off. And then her career really takes off. She stops in from time to time for she money. She stops in from time to time for coffee. But then it's right back to the street. But then it's right back to the office. Years later, the police stop by. Years later, your daughter and son-in-law stop by. They've got bad news. They've got good news. She's gone. She's expecting. You cry. Choose to help a loved one struggling with drugs or alcohol. It could change everything. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Here is something to think about. Problem gambling is exactly that, a problem. Looking for a solution? Well, there is a way out. And there is help for you or someone you love who's caught in the web of problem gambling. Help is as close as your phone. Call the Washington State Problem Gambling Helpline, one 800 522 4700. For confidential help and free information, call a real winning number, 1-800-522-4700. They have the solution for problem gambling. Recovery Coast to Coast is a program feature of the nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. On the air, thanks to the generosity of our friends and listeners. Now, if you're enjoying Recovery Coast to Coast and would like to help us to continue to carry the message of hope and the promise of recovery, you can make a tax-deductible contribution to the Alliance for Recovery at P.O. Box 31451, Seattle, Washington, 98103. Thank you in advance for your support. Let me tell you about a girl I know. Nothing but fine. Her daddy named her Caroline. Our Recovery Music Showcase continues down here in Eugene, Oregon, from the Far West Music Conference. I'm Neil Scott. Great to have you with us tonight, carrying the message through the music. And music speaks louder than words. It's the only thing the whole world listens to. Caroline Aiken joining us tonight in this segment. Uh, I've had the opportunity to see her a number of times. Uh, she was recently in Seattle, and I think I went to three of her <laughs> three of her concerts, uh, including one at Rusty Williams' house, and Bill Lippy had one, and uh, uh, there was uh, I think there was another one along the way as well. Uh, she's a great singer-songwriter. She's now living in Athens. Georgia, but she had a long history in Seattle, uh, down at the Pike Place Market. Caroline, welcome to the program, and tell us a little bit about uh, your experience in Seattle busking. Thanks, Neil. Uh, I absolutely <clears throat> cut my teeth uh, with baby Gramps down at the Pike Place Market in 1975. I sat next to baby Gramps at Rusty's, watching yeah. him watch you. What an honor yeah. that was yeah. to have him yeah. there, sure. Just such a rich start. I had been performing since 1968. I uh, started in Long Island, New York. Uh, we moved from Georgia when I was 12. And uh, in 1968, uh, 14 years old, joined a band 
there and uh, it was a wonderful time to mm. be in New York in 1968 playing music and as a kid and and then uh, a lot of uh, turmoil in the home, mm -hmm. a lot of alcoholism yeah. and uh, I ran away and so at 15, 1970 I found myself on the west coast and um, music was my connection to you know it was my entree it was my communication to did a lot of street singing and uh, that's how I found everyone you mm. know my my thing was does anybody out there feel like this and they found you as well and they would find me if they felt like that mm. so that was it was a, a, a nice thing to come to Seattle and go to the street and find this really you know beginning it was really not a whole lot of folks out there play music and baby gramps grabbed me and said hey follow me down into the i was a little worried you know going down <laughs> into because it wasn't the nice uh, down underground it is now it was uh wasn't peopled then but it was where the free coffee was <laughs> for the musicians for the street musicians i felt like i'd been given a gold key oh that's great <laughs> that's great uh. And, of course, going into this interview, uh, we heard a little bit of Rusty Williams and a great song that he did oh, about man. you. That is the nicest thing anybody's ever done for me is to write a song like that. And, and, and that so book, cute. at least I'd like to think so, uh. will not leave my head, i got to tell you. i got to tell you. <laughs> Caroline, you, you, uh, you started your journey into recovery back in uh, 1984. Yeah. And uh, you have written a number of things about recovery. One that we have used on Recovery Coast to Coast, uh, which is the train ride to recovery. And yeah. uh, we use that a lot going in and out of commercial breaks and if you would be kind enough to do that for us live here in Eugene uh, at the Far West Music Conference uh, I would be deeply honored. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you. Here we go. What a strange way to meet on a train ride bound for recovery yeah, What a strange way to meet On a train ride bound for recovery mm, Sat on the train, sat the same seat Excuse your elbows, you excuse my feet We laughed and cried with friends we'd met Learned to deal with what we don't expect Learned to deal with what we don't expect It was a strange way to meet On a train ride bound for recovery Sometimes when that old train would slow down Thought it mightn't be my time But before I could get my things together It was just someone getting on Yeah, it was just someone singing along oh, But to go on and on about this old train Would be like a living in the past What a strange way to meet On a train ride bound for recovery 
What a strange way to meet On a train ride bound for recovery Yeah, and to go on and on about this old train Would be like a living in the past From my house I can hear it whistle As it rolls on down the On a train ride bound for recovery mm, What a strange way to meet On a train ride bound for recovery Caroline Aiken in a strange way to meet on a train bound for recovery. You've got a number of other songs that you have done about recovery. One is called Up Until Now. What's what's the backstory on that? <laughs> Ooh, uh, well, I was in my own recovery, and there was a a building that was full of children that were errant and so their their families had put them there they couldn't handle them they were drug they were using drugs or they were their behavior was so outrageous they were being put in this place and i was not allowed to talk with them mm. but i was allowed to sing to them and it sort of reminded me of the black uh, folks working in the fields they weren't allowed to talk to each other but they were allowed to sing to one another, which uh, was an interesting juxtaposition. So I wrote that song to talk to them. Let's close out the interview with that song. It's no. It's been a long time since I did it. I can try it. Give it a shot. The tiger by the tail Found out it was my own I played the game to the hill Pretending nothing was wrong I believed I could shut out the light And still stay green and flowering what a fool I've been up until now what a fool I've been up until now Caroline Aiken, joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. I thank you so much for your time, and uh, you're definitely one of my favorites, and welcome anytime on Recovery Coast to Coast, carrying the message through the music. I'm Neil Scott. We're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with more right after this. I can't seem to get it off of my mind. 
I lie to all my friends. I mean, I look right at my kids and lie to them. I make excuses to my family. I make excuses to the people at work. I hide the truth from everyone. Cover up at family holidays. You know, act as if everything is okay. Pretend I'm happy. Every day, I deceive everyone close to me. This man isn't addicted to drugs or alcohol. He's just addicted to covering up for someone who is. He thinks it helps, but it doesn't. Find out what does. For more information or help, call 800-662-9111. Are you afraid? Afraid of life without drugs and alcohol? There is help and hope at Sundown M Ranch. At Sundown, the focus is on you and your disease. You will learn how to live without depending on drugs and alcohol. Sundown M Ranch is nationally recognized for effective and affordable alcohol and drug treatment programs. Reclaim your life. Replace your fears with hope. Go to www.sundown.org right now to learn more. Reason number 22 to switch to Geico. We think renters are cool. Now, we don't know if you were born cool or if it's just all the cool stuff you have in your apartment. The point is, if you want to protect your considerable coolness, ask Geico about renter's insurance. For as little as $12 a month, you can protect all the stuff you hold near and dear, including that combination flat-screen TV espresso machine. Now that is cool. For a fast, easy rate quote on renter's insurance, visit Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Our next exercise, killing spider in bathroom. As you hear your wife scream, begin with a light jog, then run to bathroom. Four, three, two, one. Find spider on wall and squat and squash. Squat and squash. Spider lunges at you. Now scream like a schoolgirl. Good. And sprint. Now run. Life is exercise. Snickers Marathon is energy. Great tasting, nutritious, long lasting energy for the demands of your day. Grab a Snickers Marathon in the energy bar aisle. Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Today is the day. Think earlier. Brew Starbucks at home. Available where groceries are sold. Yeah, I've been drunk in the last 30 days. And how old are you? 13. Do your parents know? No. In Washington, one in six eighth graders used alcohol in the past month. I'm Governor Gregoire. We can keep kids alcohol-free if we start talking now. About how many times have you had five or more drinks in a row this month? Maybe three. And how old are you? Fifteen. For more information, visit StartTalkingNow.org. That's StartTalkingNow.org. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast. Great to have you with us. Uh, our Recovery Music Showcase continues from Far West Music Conference down here in Eugene, Oregon, carrying the message through the music. And there's a lot of music down here, and there's a lot of messages, too, as well. It's great to have uh, Mike Morales on the program. Uh, I've, I've known Michael for quite a while now. He keeps threatening to play tennis with me. I'm not sure if it will ever happen, but uh, it's certainly on my bucket list. Michael is a singer-songwriter, lives in the Seattle area. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me, Neil. You, you've done a lot musically. I heard you do a song at a place in Seattle, and it was a song that is inspired by, by your dad. Uh, right. The name of the song? It's called Five Senses. Kind of an odd, I don't know why I titled it that. And I, it, it was kind of one of those things where you, uh, 
you, you do something and later on find out why. Mm. And uh, I believe that's called divine positioning. It, it, I agree. That's a that's a great name for it. But I just you know it, it uh, he he filled every part of my uh, he was a huge influence on me and 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 I experienced him through all five senses and I just thought that that that's how I wanted to approach it and unfortunately it doesn't fit like into a commercial vein because you have to have five verses for five <laughs> five senses. Uh, so it makes it a little bit longer, but um, the message comes through loud and clear as to how I felt about him and, and how the things I heard from him and, uh, you know. Tell me just, about your dad. Well, my father was um, probably a reluctant father back from the 50s. You know, I think a lot of the, the men coming back from World War II, you know, knew they wanted to start families and all that, but they... Uh, they really didn't know how to be fathers, and plus, you know, uh, I think his reason for alcoholism, I'm sure, was uh, was a biological thing. But the war was a huge part of the reason why he drank, and the pain that he 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 uh, brought back with him from the war. And I remember as uh, as a young young boy, probably eight years old, the first time I realized, you know, your father figures a figure of power and and acceptance and and uh, some something you look up to and back then the rat pack was 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 the big deal you know all all the all the men tried to emulate the the cigarette in one hand and the martini in another and you know wearing their suit and ties and and him and his buddies came home to our house in the middle of the night woke me up and i i remember looking out from my bedroom window and then looking down the hall to to see them you know carrying my father and throwing him in the on, on the living room floor flat on his face, you know, mm -hmm. and I just thought, whoa, what happened to my dad? You know, is he hurt? My mother shooing me back into the bedroom, and, uh, and that was the first indication that something wasn't right. You know, something was wrong, and and from that point on, you know, th that it was no secret that he was an alcoholic, that he was drinking, and he became a just uh, a horrible drunk. You know, I mean, one of the people, those kind of people that wouldn't. He wouldn't bathe for for weeks on end, and he just he just would drink himself to the point of, you know, total uh, annihilation. He just wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't know when to stop. And during that time, before those times, he would pass out. He felt he needed to communicate with me. You know the uh, uh, the reasons for his drinking, why he. And I, that's what I took out of his the reasons for his drinking. But he would always talk about the war, and he would give me all these visual images of of the things that he saw in the war and the the men that he killed. And I really believe that that uh, he probably wasn't aware of it. But you know, the amount of people that it, that uh, I think he killed seventeen people is what he he kept telling me is uh, in in Germany. He was one of the guys that that landed. Uh, on the shores of Normandy and, and went through France and um, gave me images of his his buddies uh, finding their skulls out on the on the sides of the roads as they were walking back through and you know that horror you know I, I realized that first of all that was something I didn't want to do I didn't want to go to war and, and and it wasn't because I felt at the time war was wrong but I saw what it did to him and uh, and, and I just saw how twisted he was and and drinking at the time, <clears throat> I didn't put it together, but drinking was was deadening the pain. And I think a lot of people drink for that mm -hmm. reason. Um, so he, in my mind, and in my heart too, uh, 
I didn't realize it until years later after he died. Uh, and he died of alcoholism. His liver burst, mm -hmm. uh, and his, his, uh, he bled internally while, while my mother and my brother and, and I were on, on vacation. He was going to be meeting us uh, the week later. And he was on the wagon. He, was, he hadn't drank for about a month, and things were looking good. He had a job, and we thought, you know, this was it. He was going to recover. But as soon as we left, he went and bought uh, just massive amounts. When we got back to the house, there was just massive amounts of empty bottles. And he had drank himself literally to death, where he, uh, his liver burst in the hallway, and he, uh, he bled internally, and uh, his head fell uh, right into my bedroom doorway. So there was this huge stain of blood right there at my doorway that uh, and we couldn't move. How we old were you at the time? Uh, I was 13, mm. 13 to 14. And uh, some of the neighbors, you know, cleaned up the blood and it was a wood floor and they, mm. you know, they, they used bleach to clean it off and, and there was now there was this raw stain of wood, you know, just light wood and I, you know, I, I just remember looking at it all the time and going, you know, knowing, just imagining him laying there. You know, I never saw him saw him uh, dead, I think it was about four or five days before somebody found him. Mm. But those kinds of things, you know, uh, now that I look back on it, you know, I, I think when I, when I started, I, I couldn't talk about my father for a long time. Sure. I couldn't let people know I was ashamed of the fact that, that he was, uh, was an alcoholic. And I thought everybody else was pretty normal. Everybody else led a leave it to beaver life except for my family. And so I, I, I just tried to keep the world away from my father. And, and later on, I, when I got into my 20s, I, I started to realize I needed to process this. I needed to talk about it. I needed to be able to, to admit to people that I had an alcoholic father. And one of the first things you notice or you realize about uh, an al having an alcoholic in your family is that, that he's not the only sick one in, in the family. Yeah. Everybody else is sick. Everybody's infected. You don't realize it. You think it's just happening to that person, but and oftentimes family members become sick, if not sicker than the alcoholic. Yes. Yeah. And there was a cycle of violence that that was created from this drinking. And once he died, it didn't end. Um, the, the 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 violence that went on, and it's verbal of violent violence, not physical. It went on between the three of us. We mm. didn't know how else yeah. to react. So I had to leave. I had to get out of it in order to, to change and, and, and see uh, what I could be for myself. Michael Morales joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast, Childhood Memories, uh, Creating the Five Senses and, and thus the song. Michael? on my face A challenge to every place I embrace with you 
voices They muffled through the wall Those silent arms that seem to call Will drown them all for me That river needs to go And I can't see This breeze that blows for me There are some things in this world You will never understand but does it really need to take that long to see that we were wrong? Yeah. Well, I know that I was wrong. Spill colors on the floor What bitter taste reveals the core Does cease to pour for you That fragrance it lingers on my clothes The final air that no one knows Will keep this rose alive And I don't mind If this darkness leaves me blind And I don't care If this weather was unfair Cause the battle isn't done If you're still fighting what you've won And if you hang around it won't take long Destiny is done. 
battle isn't done if you're still fighting what you've won. Michael Morales joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. I thank you for the song and more than that for sharing about your dad. Thank you so much, Neil. I'm Neil Scott. The program Recovery Coast to Coast. Short time out. Back with more from Eugene and the Far West Music Conference. Thank you for calling AAA. How can I help you? Oh, great. Hi, we've got a major malfunction going on here. What's the problem, sir? Well, the problem is that some friends and I decided to go whitewater rafting down this river just outside of town. Sounds adventurous. Yeah, well, it was until one of us who kept his keys in his pocket lost them. Hello. <laughs> when he fell, oh, I'm sorry, was thrown out of the raft by some supposed tidal wave. Real big. <laughs> oh, so you're locked out. Well, we were until our friend Brian came out with an extra set of keys. So you're not locked out. Uh, no. But Brian is. Nice job, Brian. The genius locked his keys in the car when he got out to give us our extras. Bummer. Exactly. Well, tell Brian to hang tight and we'll be right out. Oh, you are the best. See, I told you, man. They're the best. At AAA, we understand it's never just the lockout. That's why we're dedicated to helping you with quick personal service to get you moving again. AAA. We're not just about cars. We're about you. Call 1-800-JOIN-AAA or visit AAA.com. Join now and get $10 off a of basic membership. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. Amazing. Yeah, mm, totally. <laughs> There's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm-hmm. More lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon-lime flavors. Totally. Zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with mm. more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I know. it. I uh, And it's diet, too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. Try new Diet 7-Up, now with more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. Diet 7-Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon-lime flavors in Diet 7-Up today. We wasted a lot of years hoping, praying for things to get better. I was desperate to save our family. That's when I made the contact. She contacted Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized alcohol and drug treatment program teaches family members how to break down the barriers of denial. They are taught the skills needed to deal with addiction as a family. Now we're making up for lost time. It was the best contact I ever made. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Welcome back once again. We are down here in Eugene, Oregon, the Recovery Music Showcase from the Far West Music Conference. Eugene, Oregon. Music speaks louder than words. It's the only thing the whole world listens to. Jane Selke is joining us in this segment. Uh, where are you from, Jane? Uh, I grew up in Southern California from Oakland and recently moved to um, Etna, California. Etna, California, mm-hmm. which is near... Which is not far from Wairika. It's oh, a very okay. Oh, that's small, a beautiful area. Yes, very Beautiful nice. area. Yeah. You've been in the music, uh, the music business a long time. You've been in recovery a long time, about 29 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, t- tell me about how you got into recovery. What changed for you? Uh, my recovery is really intertwined with my musicianship. I guess that's probably true nice. for a lot of yes, people. Yes, yes. Um, uh, in uh, 79, 80, 81, I was in Hollywood mm-hmm. and um, was involved in the sort of semi-punk new wave scene there. And I was just a little girl um, out of Orange County. And that's where I started drinking. And I went straight to really heavy drinking and chain smoking and 
um, and hit bottom really fast and was hanging out with a lot of drug addicts and people who carried guns and dealt drugs and I was completely out of my element. So I hit a really hard bottom, got very close to death. And, um, and you know, just hitting that hard of a bottom is enough. Actually, it took me a year to finally get it. You were in, in and out for a while? I was in and out for about eight months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had um, an analyst who recommended that I go to 12 steps. So that's what I did. And, and how did that, what was that first year like? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the only thing you have to change is everything, and that's, that's pretty, pretty hard to do, I would imagine. You know, my bottom, I, I hit bottom really fast because I had more than alcoholism and drug addiction mm -hmm. going on. I was uh, bulimic, anorexic, and uh, self-mutilator, and so I hit bottom so, so fast, and I was psychotic when I hit bottom. So mm. I was in a mental hospital for seven weeks. And I came completely unwrapped. It was a full rebuild. It was just a total rebuild. I was not, it took about five years clean and sober before I was sort of up at the normal level wow. of functioning of everybody else. Wow. Yeah, so the first year um, was, was pretty much, even though I was getting all the help that I could get, outside help too, Yeah. Uh, it was really white knuckle. Mm. for a long time and very odd people were pretty scared of me <laughs> I would come into uh, 12 set meetings in Orange County in Seal Beach and it was all these middle-aged people and I was like I got sober at 21 mm. no 22 sorry and uh, and so I was wearing my hair really short sticking straight up and lots of heavy eye makeup and weird like Vintage dresses chopped off at the thigh, and they were just like, Hi, honey, come on in, keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Jane Selke joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast down here in Eugene, Oregon. Recovery Music Showcase uh, from the Far West Music Conference. Tell me about music and your recovery and how that all intertwines. I, my understanding for the first Ooh, I don't know, probably 10 years, was that I was never going to be able to do music again. Mm. Um, because I didn't, you know, I was sort of a punk kind of a kid, and I thought the people who didn't drink didn't know how to live, and you certainly could not be a bona fide, you know, whatever musician without drinking and using. So I didn't do it. I did some things just for myself, but really I was terrified of it. I didn't, I didn't do any music for a very long time. And um, I hit another bottom later. And, uh, and then when I started taking antidepressants, um, because I had thought that I wasn't going to be sober if I didn't take them, mm -hmm. I went white knuckle without that for about 10 years, um, was when my life really started and I was able to form a band in San Francisco called Me Jane in the 90s. Um, and before that I did a little bit here and there, but I just could not sustain the... I was really, really depressed, so I couldn't really just sustain the momentum. Mm -hmm. And and so w once you started playing on a regular basis mm -hmm. and, and you, you, you progressed in your recovery, you obviously progressed in your music. I did, actually. I like that, that mm -hmm. question or that idea. Um, because at first, music 
was part of something that I had to give up. And when I started working again and writing again in the 90s, um, I came to understand something that's probably really obvious to everybody else, that all of my recovery and development emotionally and spiritually was reflected in what I was doing musically and mm -hmm. that the songs were tr a treatment as well. And I just hadn't gotten that before. Mm. You have a song called In, In Love Before the Last Call. Tell uh -huh. me about the writing of that song, <laughs> and then we'll listen to it and close out the interview with the song. Uh -huh. In Love Before the Last Call. <laughs> I think I've been there, actually. But did you? I can't imagine anybody who hasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> I was at a, a women's meeting in Long Beach a really long time ago. I got sober in Southern California. And there was this pretty... Uh, woman from Texas and she was talking in this women's meeting everybody was laughing about how you go you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna find y your dream date at a bar you so you go to the bar and you get there and people are like okay but not that good and then you have a drink and you feel a little more comfortable and then you have another drink and then you start to notice a few men and then you have another drink and then the, some of the men start looking really good and uh, Finally, there's someone, and you're just in love before the last call. And that's what that was the phrase she used. I was in love before the last call, and I thought, oh, my God, that's a country song. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Mm -hmm. and, and let's listen to that now. I thank you so much for your time and in, in, uh, visiting with us down here in Eugene at the Recovery Music Showcase. Uh, Jane Selke, do you have a website? We do. Um, thespringhouse.net. It's me and Chris Key, who's also the bass player of Houston Jones. Oh. He's my husband, and really? all I of those. Really, I love Houston. I heard them for the first time last night. I just went. They're nuts. really phenomenal. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, Chris was. I met Chris. He was the bass player in my first band, wow. and we were best friends for a couple of years, and we fell in love. Oh really? My yeah. God. And he's clean and sober too, and uh, he has a lot of songs about the old days, and all of the songs in Houston Jones that he wrote about a woman. They're all about me. Oh my god! And my grandparents and. You know, I heard some of them last night, as a matter yeah. of fact, and we'll hear more tonight. Right. Uh, Houston Jones, we're trying to get them to Seattle to a house concert, by the way. Oh, uh, great. Bill Lippy's trying to do something with that. Great. So uh, hopefully our paths will cross again. Yeah. Great group. And, and thank you. I love this song. Let's listen to it right now. In love, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, in love before the last call. Jane Selke on Recovery Coast to Coast. Thanks, Neil. She wore a ring, but on the right show that she was free that night and her hair fell soft and light upon her shoulders she lit a smoke and held it so she ordered a gin she sipped it slow and as her cheeks began to glow her eyes grew bolder
Alcohol is running your life. You want help, but can't take time away from work to get it. Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. Sundown M Ranch outpatient programs have helped thousands recover from addiction without losing time on the job. Nationally recognized for innovative, effective, and affordable treatment programs, Sundown M Ranch will help you put your life back on track. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. First, your child's heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Your child may experience nausea and want to sleep it off. Hopefully, your child will resist that urge and won't slip into a coma or die from this prescription painkiller overdose. Of course, kids who learn about the dangers of drugs from their parents are 40% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than those who don't. So talk to your child now, and there's a pretty good chance that this will never happen to your child. For more information, visit drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for a Drug-Free Washington in America. Whoa, 
Need professional-looking documents? Office Depot can help. From small jobs to bound presentations, bring in your document or submit it at officedepot.com. We'll ship virtually anywhere. Plus, our work is backed by the Office Depot Satisfaction Guarantee. Office Depot, taking care of business. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. Our Recovery Music Showcase continues. I'm Neil Scott from the Far West Music Conference down here in Eugene, Oregon. Music speaks louder than words, and boy, this place is just absolutely filled with music. Dan Lowe is joining us in this particular segment. Uh, Dan is a singer-songwriter who uh, is from Salem, but he lives in his musical head in Portland. Is that right? That's right. Uh, is, is there a difference? Is there a distinction between the music in Salem and the music in Portland? There is a distinction. Uh, Salem is is younger uh, in some respects and maybe more traditional in other respects. Uh, Portland, of course, has the whole little Portland vibe going on with Absolutely. all the indie stuff. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's another world musically. It, it is. Tell me a little bit about your background. Tell me about your dad. My dad was a normal business guy, uh, workaholic most of my life. Uh, and part of that workaholic turned into alcoholic. Mm -hmm. uh, he and my mom finally split up when I was not quite a teenager. Mm. And he kind of drifted then gradually more and more out of my life to the point where I last had seen him in 1982. He visited us once after we'd moved to Washington because mm. uh, I grew up, was born and raised in Alaska. And I did not see him again until I was up in Alaska about three or four years ago when my mom was preparing to move finally out of the state. I went up to help her get moved and situated and stuff. And when I was up there, went out and saw my dad with my sister. What was that like? You know, it was, on one hand, it was very comfortable because there was that immediate closeness and fellowship that you have with, with yeah. your parent, you know. And, uh, there was always love, you know, it was, there was never abuse or anything like that, you know, it was just more like disappearance. Like I'd said to my mom at one time, mm. a few years, a few years before I saw my dad again, I said, you know, it's, it's really more like, uh, like he had died, but you didn't get to grieve. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but, you know, is your dad still alive was, today? Is he still yeah, alive? He is. And, yes. and what is your relationship with him like now? Well, you know, it's it's like still not super existent, mm. but it's, you know, I've made that peace with him. If I get up to Alaska again, I will see him. Mm -hmm. I just don't, right now I don't have the occasion to get up there. But stuff. you're at peace, you've done what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've... We've reconnected. I think you know he knows that I don't. There's no animosity that I hold towards him or mm -hmm. anything. But the other odd thing about it, you know, that doesn't come up very often that I hear people talk about is when that happens to you. Then later in your life, you hit a stage. Whether that's where mm -hmm. your kids are the age that you were when it happened, or Ooh. you're the age that he was when it happened, yeah. and you kind of get the whole rekindling of it, and it's like, why did that happen? Mm -hmm. well, you know. Was I a bad kid or what? You know, I just, mm. so. How long have you been doing music? Pretty much all my life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, 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 the, we had a babysitter when I was five, and that, that was the summer that the Beatles 
invaded America. Uh, and I went around all summer singing, She Loves You, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. yeah you know? <laughs> and it has continued and it, on. And it kept, yeah. Where do the songs come from? Uh, a lot from personal experience, but not not mm -hmm. solely. I, I reached a point in my songwriting where I kind of, it's like I have to find something more to write about than just what I do every day of the year, you know. So now I, I find myself taking on personas of, of mm. characters and people, you know, a conglomerate of people that I see and, and meet and come across. Never ending. Life. Yeah. Never ending. And it's just fodder, you know. <laughs> Dan Lowe joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. He's going to do the song called She Still Believes. Watching me stumble in that door Offering up yet one more lame excuse Be hoping she'll let me in She's just hoping I come home again Don't know why I've always been such little use We've had our ups and downs Been through the lost and found more than a time or two, but through it all, one thing's been true. She still believes. She still believes. Even when the nights are dark and long, even then she never leaves. She still I know I've let her down Some troubles I cannot drown Though I pour another round Then one more Time and time and time again I've tried to make this struggle end Fought to find some way to win this war But when she looks at me Somehow the man she sees is not the man I am It's the man she dreams I can be She still believes Yeah, she still believes Even when the nights are dark and long Even then she never Her dreams, her plans, they fell into my hands One day I hope to be worthy of her faith in me Cause she still believes She still believes Even when the nights are dark and long Even then she never leaves 
Dan Lowe joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. She still believes. And you can find out more about Dan and his music at danlowemusic.com. That's D-A-N-L-O-W-E music.com. I thank you for sharing your music and the story of your dad as well. Thank you. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. Short time out. Back with more right after this. You have been listening to part one of Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on KHHO AM850 in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. We invite you to stay tuned for part two of Recovery Coast to Coast. If you've been in continuous recovery for at least a year, and would like to share your story with others, please send us an email at recoverycoasttocoast at comcast.net. For more information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org, where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming programs. This is KHHO AM 850 in Tacoma, Washington, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle. Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Great to have you with us tonight. Uh, it is our Recovery Music Showcase from the Far West Music Conference down here in Eugene, Oregon. Music speaks louder than words. It's the only thing the whole world listens to. And uh, something the whole world listens to is my friend Freebo. Freebo has been on the program before. Uh, we welcome him back. Pleasure to be here, Neil. Nice to be with you. Talk about how your recovery influences your music or perhaps the other way around? Well, I say the recovery influences the music. Uh, I got sober about 20 years ago. It'll be uh, 20 years on January 3rd. Newcomer. (laughs) Well, compared to the cosmos, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, But I I would say, yeah, the sobriety has definitely influenced the music. Uh, First of all, uh, I didn't make my first CD till I was about 50. So uh, that would not have happened. Uh, I think by getting sober, it really was the beginning of my getting conscious. Mm. They say that, you know, your emotional age stays the same until you get sober. I remember an early meeting, uh, I had only planned on just quitting smoking pot for 30 days. I wasn't planning on getting sober. It was kind of a quid pro quo I made with my wife. <laughs> you know, she was the alcoholic, not me. And uh, so I, I went to a meeting and I identified as a, 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 I'm Freebo and I'm a pothead. Uh, 
as far as I go, everybody just welcomed me. And uh, after a couple meetings, I heard, yeah, I'm big on bumper stickers. I've got a simple little mind, and it works with, it's, it's logical, but it works very simply. And I'm glad, I like the way it works. It, it kind of one thing connects another. And I heard the bump, excuse me, the bumper sticker, which was uh, living life on life's terms. I went, ah. Mm. I haven't been living life on life's terms since I was probably 14 or 15 years old. That hit me like a ton of bricks. And so at that point, and I also heard cross addiction. I thought, well, maybe I'll quit drinking. And, you know, I wasn't big. I, was, I would never drink alone. Literally a social drinker. Uh, you know, I liked my margaritas and Mexican food, and I liked my wine. And I never crazy about beer. But I thought, well, I need to. I'll stop that, too, for 30 days, and we'll see what happens. You know, nothing. And it was very interesting because that's when my head began to clear up. Um, it was also when I started to hear the God thing because I couldn't get the God thing, you know, like so many people who grew up with religion. I, you know, mine was skewed and the man in the white beard and why mm. would you do all these, why do all these good things, bad things happen to good people and all these, you know, the questions that we naturally sure. have. And, and, you know, hearing God works in strange ways. And, yeah. So, but I did hear higher power and I could relate to that because I knew that was a part of me that knew, knew better that knew when I was truthful and when I was not and when I was, you know, following my, my heart and not. Um, so uh, at, after 30 days of going to the meetings, I not only heard the stuff, but my head is clearing up and I found myself getting on a, a pink cloud. And uh, as essentially, I've stayed there. So it really happened for me by accident. Uh, but in the process of it happening, and getting a conscious contact uh, that set me up in my spirituality, which I think was severely lacking. Mm -hmm. I think I've always been a spiritual person. Now, even when I took LSD in the 60s, it wasn't as much to get high as it was to, to get somewhere, mm -hmm. to, to find some answers. Sure. And we did. Uh, so there was definitely a spiritual quest there. But uh, I found that I can get there so much better without the drugs. Than with them so what's happened with me with getting sober in terms of consciousness and that's really the uh, the term because it's, it's it's the consciousness is it's emotional and it's spiritual and it's connecting the dots it's connecting you know my dysfunction my history mm. with the present uh, it's it for me it's all about getting into the present and being in the moment uh, sobriety and and that spirituality that that conscious contact uh, got me into therapy, looking at myself, got me into reading books like uh, Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra, mm -hmm. Seven Spiritual Laws of Creativity. Um, and it's all uh, Byron Katie, and it's, it's, all, it's all connected for me. That's allowed me to get more with myself, be comf more comfortable in my own skin, and ultimately, in terms of creative, I mean, I, I define creativity as uh, expression of spirit, and we are all spiritual beings on an earthly journey. So, my expressing my spirit, my creativity, is my music, 
and uh, at this point it, it was the bass and now it's much deeper than that again no disparagement to the bass I love playing bass but it's only a certain part of the music it has nothing to do with the lyrics it's just the music you played bass for Bonnie Raitt for many many years I did for over 10 years mm -hmm. and uh, John Mayle and the Blues Breakers mm -hmm. and Crosby Stills and Nash and a lot of people and I had a nice career as a bass player and I still love playing bass I'm probably better at it than ever because I don't care I mean, I'm, I don't care. I mean, I'm detached. Yeah, yeah. I'm detached from result. I'm not trying to get the next gig. It's just about playing the right note yeah, for the right yeah. song. Uh, but since creativity is an expression of my spirit, and and my expression now is in my songs, there's by definition there th that expression is coming through my song. So in my songs, there's there's got to be that. It's it's it, it's who I am. Mm. And even if I uh, use poetic license and come from the place of, of the homeless person or from the place of the dog or, you know, whatever, you know, voice I choose to use, you know, first person, mm -hmm. second, third person or somebody else, uh, it's me speaking. It's my consciousness speaking. It's my spirit speaking. So I would say in, in every song that there's uh, the, the long answer to your short question is 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 there's there, there's a whole lot of it in there absolutely and and hopefully that 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 connects to people and it, it doesn't just have to be you know sober people freebo joining us tonight on recovery coast to coast uh, 20 years in long-term recovery got a new cd out uh, a song if not now when which we're going to hear in just a couple of seconds tell me about the song the writing of it well uh I write songs from, from different perspectives. Uh, sometimes uh, I'll write it where uh, a phrase will come into my head and one of those things you say, oh, I really should write that down. And, of course, if you don't write it down, it goes away and you never get it back. And that was one of the uh, one mm -hmm. of those impetuses that, that, that compelled me to start writing songs. I got sick and tired being sick and tired. I got sick and tired <laughs> of losing all these cleverisms. So I started writing them down. And once I wrote it down, it, it engendered something else to come up. So in this case, uh, I actually got the expression from a book, one of those many books that, that I did that really helped me. I was actually in a 12-step meeting, early sobriety. It was, I think it was 1994. And uh, I remember uh, uh, somebody, somebody shared, and uh, they mentioned books, blah, 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 and The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. And then somebody else shared, and they said the same thing. So afterwards, I was talking with my buddy Bob, a horn player, and I said, Bob, what was the name of that book? He said, The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. Oh, okay. And about 10 minutes later, I said, Bob, I forgot it. What was the name of that book again? He said, The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron. Oh, great. Sure enough, five minutes later, I forgot. I said, Bob, one more time. Sorry, what was the name of that book? I took out my organizer, which I had just gotten recently, and wrote it down. And for some reason, and it's interesting how this works. Now, I don't know if it's God working in your life. I don't know if it's your higher power, your personal GPS, whatever it was. Divine positioning. Divine positioning. I was compelled to go right from that meeting to a bookstore. Went to a Borders. I asked for the book, got the book, brought it home. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever gone to a bookstore to buy a book before. Uh, but I did. And I brought it home and showed it to my wife, and she gave me this knowing look of approval and and it took me a while again I read a little bit and it took me a while to commit to it when I did I it's it's in 12 chapters and that's no coincidence you do one chapter a week and uh, at the end of that 12 weeks you're a different person and in that book uh, at one point was that expression you know but if not now when and um, she didn't make it up the expression's been out there uh, but it hit me like a ton of bricks 
and that was one of the things I was doing because again I was about 50 years old doing this at this point and I had those voices in my head voices of doubt of regret of guilt uh, going oh why didn't I start this you know 30 years ago 35 years ago oh, why didn't I start writing songs back and that expression and that whole concept really helped me to get to well you know it happens when it happens and if I start now at 50 by the time I get to be 60 I'll be 10 years further along then if I don't start now I'll still get to be 60 and I'll be in the same place I am at 50 which is the same pl place I was at at 40 <laughs> right etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, I I decided that uh, years later that I wanted to write a song if not now when and I went to my friend Karen Taylor Good who's a wonderful songwriter and uh, said let's write this and we got together and you know and there's uh, uh, I'll give you some of the lyrics, you know, I mean, it's, uh, uh, when I was a young boy, I had these dreams, uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, I can't even think of it now, it's funny, you need the guitar in front of you, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it'll yeah. be on there, but, you know, it talks about doubt and regret, and, you know, if not now, when, if not me, who, mm. I can't pretend, because I know it's true, I make this vow, I swear, amen, my time is now, if not now, when. Let's listen now to uh, Freebo, and, and by the way, if you want to find out more about Freebo, you can go to his website, www.freebomusic.com. It's always great catching up with you, and uh, you're one of my favorites. Thanks, Neil, and thanks, thanks so much for doing this. It's a very cool thing what you're doing, and uh, it helps keep the so-called community together, and uh, you never know who else this is going to influence. One day at a time, one song at a time. You got it, buddy. Let's listen now to uh, Freebo, If Not Now, When. When I was a young boy. Like I was back then But time keeps screaming If not now, when? Hundreds of heartaches And broken down plants So many what ifs And what if I can't? My fear held me captive Caged in a pen It's time to break free, boy If not now, when? If not now, when? If not me, who? I can't pretend Cause I know it's true I make this vow I swear Doubting and blaming, I gotta let them go. Cause this healing journey can go so slow. But I hear these voices again and again. They keep on a calling, if not now. If not now, when? If not me, who? I can't pretend. 
I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. We'll be right back. These days, we talk about everything. I've been sober now one year, three days, and counting. My sister was restructured at work after 10 years. Welcome to the new normal and the cards for the new normal. New Journeys cards from Hallmark. My girlfriend sent me a card that said I'm really something to celebrate. Encouragement cards for all the stuff we face today. I actually found a card that says, sorry you lost your job. Journeys, new cards with real words for real life. Only at today's Hallmark Gold Crown stores. Our recovery music showcase continues from Eugene, Oregon, Far West Music Conference. It's great to have uh, so many musicians from all around the West Coast gathering here in Eugene. A lot of musicians playing for people who run house concerts, who are venue owners, music promoters, and it's a great combination where people come together, and as part of that, everybody gets to experience the music. I got in here late last night and had the opportunity to go to a number of the uh, private guerrilla showcases, and one that knocked me out was a group called Berkeley Heart. They are from San Diego. Calman Hart, Jeff Berkeley, uh, they are joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast because they've got a song that they're going to share, which is called 12. The woman behind the band is a woman named Lizzie. She said, I'm not going to tell you the complete story of 12. I want you to find out uh, when, you, when you meet them. So uh, first of all, Calman, uh, welcome to uh, Recovery Coast to Coast. And, and tell me about how long you guys have been together. Well, we've, we've been, geez, I want to say 12 years. Yep. Or so, um, we've, we've been... Um, you play mainly in the Southern California area? We play a lot in the Southern California... Well, we play all... We get as far north as, uh, like, Redding yeah. and, and there. And then we, we actually go to Texas every year, and we go out to the Great Lakes area every year, and uh, we're hoping to get up to the Northwest. Um, I'm hoping you, Northwest. you get up there, too. Jeff, what, what is the songwriting process like for a duo like this? Well, when we write together, it's it, it's very different than when when you write a song by yourself. Yeah. You know, you're bouncing ideas off each other. For us, generally, w one of us will show up with kind of an idea that we're stuck on because we do a lot of writing on our own, 
And so we'll kind of show up and say, hey, I got this thing. I've taken it as far as I can go. What do you think? You know, having that other yeah. uh, sort of soundboard is just awesome. And so that's um, when it's been the most successful is when someone shows up with an idea that's there and, uh, and the other one says, oh, I know just what to do. And it just comes out, blah. You know, those are the ones that seem to work the best. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's our process for, for co-writing. Yeah, for sure. yeah. And uh, you're here, obviously, hoping to get uh, up into the Pacific Northwest or anywhere around the country. If you're, if you're listening to this and you hear this group and you say, wow, <laughs> they are really good. What, what, what is the, the website where people can find out more about Berkeley Heart? BerkeleyHeart.com. BerkeleyHeart.com. That's I figured it was, but I wasn't sure. But Berkeley is spelled not like the the school. It's the middle E's gone. And okay. Heart is just H A R. H A R. Drop an E out of each word that you would think would be there. You probably spell it right. And there's going to be a quiz at the end of the program, right. so everybody should be following along for that. The, the song Twelve. It's been kind of teased to me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about it. When you wrote it and what the process was. Well, this was a song. Um, it's on our. Um, I don't know, our third, third record? How, yeah, how, many, third, how many CDs you guys have? Well, six or seven. We've got six CDs and a DVD called Oh, Berkeley, We're Heart Thou. <laughs> that's yeah, great. And it's a, that's a, it's a concert movie, the music from Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, yeah, and yeah. a bunch of our own songs that kind of fit in, bluegrass band and Very, stuff. very clever. It's real fun to do. Yeah, yeah. So this was on number three. Oh, yeah. yeah so it, the song is called 12. It's, um, we, we were out at the Kerrville folk festival and uh, Jeff was um, he, he plays with a lot of people besides you know he's a, he's a great percussionist as well as a great guitarist and and so a lot of people want him to play and uh, while he was up there playing I was standing backstage and I, I came up with this sort of challenge for myself to, to write this uh, this uh, song which is sort of a word word play type of a thing and uh, what when I find when it finally gelled I, I and, and the reason partly, I guess, why we're part of your, your show here is uh, I decided to set it against um, a, a man who is, uh, his wife is leaving him because he's, he's got a drinking mm -hmm. problem and, and it's his, his pleading with her to stay and he promising, promising to clean up his act, so mm -hmm. to speak. And, um, and what's his name? His name is Verdell. 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 And her, na her name is Viola. Verdell uh, and Viola. Yeah, and Verdell, you don't know, there's no mention of Verdell in the song, but we like to fill in the backstory. So. <laughs> and th and, and uh, on our new album, there's sort of a sequel to this song that talks about Verdell. Oh, that's true. And so, but Verdell doesn't show up in this in this song on the third album. He shows up in the sixth <laughs> song, yeah. and he, he talks about Viola and... And uh, so it's, it's, it's all come full circle now with our new CD, Crow. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, Berkeley Heart, and again, www.berkeleyhart.com. You did it. Let's hear 12. Okay, I hope we didn't build it up more than this. I know. <laughs> I've let you down and I understand But I've made a decision And if you will stay Tomorrow I'll be a new man It 
It's no wonder that you want to tune out another reason you're Before you've had enough, if I've made you worried sick Sorry, I wish heaven one more late night And I never intended for you to live in this hell Viola, don't go, I'm counting to twelve Now what we did with the song is we, uh, we put a secret message in the chorus what you need to do to figure it out is just uh, count on the downbeats when we get there. And it'll all make sense. No more staggering in like the dead. Slurry, blurry and blind. No more wrecked holidays. No more Leaving that all behind right, here's your chance to count along. Here we It's go. no wonder that you want to tune out another reason you're Before you've had enough, if I've made you worried sick Sorry, I was having one more late night And I never intended for you to live in this hell by all adore I'm counting to twelve Viola, I'm ready To make up for my mistakes Viola, I'll show you I love you enough To do whatever it takes It's no wonder that you want to tune out another reason you're hurt Before you've had enough, if I've made you worried sick Sorry, I was having one more late night And I never intended for you to live in this hell Viola, don't go That you wanna tune out another reason you heard before you had enough. I've made you worried sick. Sorry, I was having one more late night. And darling, I never intended Berkeley Heart. And 12, and uh, 12 steps. I like right. it. It's, it's very, very good. And if you want to hear the sequel to that, you have to get their new CD, which is called Crow. And again, you can find that at www.berkeleyheart.com, B-E-R-K-L-E-Y-H-A-R-T. And, and iTunes as well. And I'm just delighted to meet you guys and uh, looking forward to hearing more tonight in the uh, Private Guerrilla Showcases as well. Thank you. Berkeley Heart joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. We're going to take a short time out. Back with more right after this. We now join the new Diet 7-Up Taste Challenge already in progress. Okay, I want you all to try this, and then just say the first thing that pops in your head. 
amazing. Yeah. Mm, totally. Mm, there's more flavor. Yeah, more natural flavor. Mm -hmm. More lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, you're both right. There's more natural lemon-lime flavor. Yeah, the lemon-lime flavor is totally zesty. Zingy. Zippy. With zero calories. What is it? Yeah. New Diet 7-Up. Diet 7-Up is new? Yeah, it's been totally reinvented with mm. more natural lemon-lime flavor than ever. It's totally refreshing. I love I know. it. I uh, And it's diet, too. And where's the aftertaste? Now, yeah. that is refreshing. <laughs> Here's to more flavor in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Try new Diet 7 Up now with more natural lemon lime flavor than ever. Diet 7 Up, totally reinvented, totally refreshing. Stop in to your nearest grocery or convenience store today and pick up the new Diet 7 Up. Diet 7 Up has been totally reinvented and still has zero calories. Taste the new refreshing burst of lemon lime flavors in Diet 7 Up today. We wasted a lot of years hoping, praying for things to get better. I was desperate to save our family. That's when I made the contact. She contacted Sundown M Ranch. Sundown's nationally recognized alcohol and drug treatment program teaches family members how to break down the barriers of denial. They are taught the skills needed to deal with addiction as a family. Now we're making up for lost time. It was the best contact I ever made. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. Welcome back once again, Recovery Coast to Coast, on the road down here in Eugene, Oregon, the Recovery Music Showcase from the Far West Music Conference. It is a delight to be down here tonight. And meeting with a lot of musicians. It's where musicians gather to meet with people who are doing bookings. And it's, it's a great marriage and it's a great way to carry the message through the music. Entire hotel is so filled with music. Uh, it is my first time at the Far West Music Conference and I'm like a kid in a candy store I gotta tell you. Joining us in this segment uh, is Nathan Aswell. And Nathan, uh, where are you from? I'm based in Vancouver, B.C. I've in been Vancouver? There. Yes, sir. Up in C-A-N-A-D-A? -A -A? Mm, that's right. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been playing music? Uh, most of my life, since I was about 14, is when I yeah. became a professional musician. And, and you're a singer, songwriter? I Tell me about the songwriting process. Where does the muse come f for your songs? Hmm. Where does the muse come from my songs? Um, well, gee, that's a hard question to answer, isn't it? I, I think it depends on the song. I, I always, uh, For me, it always starts with kind of a central theme that I'm trying to uh, express, and then I find once I have that kind of main idea, whether it's uh, a line for the chorus or something, then it'll flow out of that. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, lyrics first and music next or whatever. It's kind of, you know, unfolds together. As, as, just as it comes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, do you travel around the West Coast? I do travel around the West Coast. Most of my audience so far uh, is actually in the uh, spiritual community. I play a lot in churches, etc., and my reason for being at Far West is to get more into the uh, into the house concert universe and uh, basically to uh, not preach to the choir as it were. Mm -hmm. People, uh, most of, I, I, my music is not denominational but it's very inspirational and people on Sunday mornings just kind of get what I'm trying to do so I'm interested in I, I went to your website and was uh -huh. very impressed uh, w with the music and Thank with you. the way it was laid out and and the direction that you're 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 taking people. Thank as well, A-S-W-E-L-L dot com. Uh, and there's a song that, that you did called I Can See You. Yes, sir. It's, it's on uh, your latest CD, which is called Little by Little, mm -hmm. which has a, a beautiful fall photo on the front. Mm -hmm. It's uh, very, very well packaged. Thank you. Tell me about writing that particular song, mm -hmm. and, and where did you go to get there? Right. Um, when I was, uh, well... My parents, to this day, I really don't understand what the attraction was between my parents. Very, very different people. and um, Opposites attract? Opposites attract, I assume. And, you know, call it, call it the, uh, 
the the norms of the 50s or whatever and the guilt that people felt about staying together in a relationship yeah. even if things didn't work um, in any case or we stayed together for the kids I assume uh, but I never the long and the short of it is I never really saw them on any uh, on on the same way, wavelength ever there was no affection there was no kind of you know there just didn't seem to be any connection how did that affect you as a kid well you know we played them off against each other all that kind of stuff power struggles etc and even though there was this kind of awareness that they were never on the same page, when the day came when we got the announcement that they were divorcing, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. And that's what the song is about. The song is about that moment where I was told that they were splitting up and it literally felt like the floor had been taken out from underneath me. You didn't see it coming? I, strangely, no. In, in spite of the fact that there was no indication that, you know, they didn't look like they'd be together forever, the, the other awareness kind of never really landed for me. And so there was that awful moment of, wow, what's going to happen to us now? And uh, feeling myself not being able to breathe, you know, just that, that kind of moment of suspended animation. Mm. So the song is all about that moment and, and me wanting to speak to that 12-year-old Nathan and say, hey, I realize that this is an incredibly painful moment. And I, as an adult, I'm going back as a champion to that 12-year-old and saying, you're going to make it just fine. There are a lot of people who suffer from alcoholism. There are a lot of people who are uh, adult children of alcoholics yeah. who look back at the, the childhood yeah. uh, and the trauma of the childhood yeah. and, and would love to be able to stand back and, and talk to that adult child. Yeah. What did you say to young Nathan? Well, actually, I say it in the bridge of the song. I basically say, uh, you can laugh and sweat and shake. You can cry until you ache. You can kick and scream and shout. You can, you know, it's basically encouraging him to have his feelings. So uh, alcohol was not my addiction, which is not to say that I haven't had my struggles with various addictive behavior, mm -hmm. but alcohol was not the, the path for me. Um, and I would imagine that continues to be something that we all struggle with. They're all, you know, kind of things that we can fall into to try to, you know, mend that wound. Yeah. And I think ultimately, although I think ultimately, we find all those things unsatisfactory. We have to kind of find a real solution, and, and the real solution that I have found is various um, techniques, approaches, which really enable me to express my feelings, release the past. Mm -hmm. And I've done an awful lot of that work. So that song is really about that. It's a testament to yeah, just really let that stuff show and release it. The song I can see you. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from writing it? Um, I think any songwriter will tell you that any song that they write is really the best form of therapy. And if it lands for anyone else, that's, that's a gift. But I think, and I don't, I, I, I don't mean to set that up in a selfish way, but I really do think first and foremost it's a way for each of us to kind of try and wrestle with something, yeah. really kind of cure something or fix something. or yeah. get I, in, in a sense, recovery is a very selfish process, however, mm -hmm. in terms of embracing all that you are. Yeah. And all that you can, and yet, be. and and yet, the magic of it is that uh, songwriting, and certainly not only songwriting, but probably all forms of art, when we are really honest and true to that, it ends up also being a universal uh, expression because we're all dealing with mm. recovery of. What, what, what kind of reaction do you get from uh, audiences when you do this kind of material? Uh, well, it's funny you should say that. I mean. The best gift that I can possibly get is people coming up to me after I perform and wanting to tell me their stories. Yeah. It means I've, I've hit them right square yeah. in the heart. In. And I remember doing a house concert in Arizona, and uh, there was a fellow there who hadn't, who who needs to do his healing, and and it hasn't happened yet. But I think that night he took a few baby steps closer, and he spoke to me for about three hours mm -hmm. after I played that mm -hmm. song. Creating really, sparks, you are.
Nathan Aswell, and again, I want to give you the website, uh, www.nathanaswell.com. And I want to make sure that people knew that Nathan is spelled a little strangely. It's N-A-T-H-E-N, not A-N. Ah, good point. N-A-T-H-E-N-A-S-W-E-L-L. And uh, you will find out uh, more about his music. You will hear about his music. But right now, I would like you to hear I Can See You. And I thank you so much for sharing uh, a little bit about the song, about your process, and about your journey as well. My pleasure, sir. Thank you. Here's Nathan. I can see you. Alcohol is running your life. You want help, but can't take time away from work to get it. Where do you turn? Contact Sundown M Ranch. 
Sundown M Ranch outpatient programs have helped thousands recover from addiction without losing time on the job. Nationally recognized for innovative, effective, and affordable treatment programs, Sundown M Ranch will help you put your life back on track. Go to www.sundown.org to learn more. I promise to hug my husband. I promise to eat a vegetable as big as my head. What promises have you made today? I promise not to paint the living room. American Family Insurance knows promises are easy to make. Until my wife picks out a color she likes. But they're not always easy to keep. At American Family, the commitments we make are commitments we intend to keep. Because our promises are the foundation of relationships we've built with generations of policyholders. I promise to take my dog for a walk. We promise to treat your family like our family and give you honest, straightforward answers. We promise. I like taking my dog for a walk. Visit AmFam.com to find an American Family Agent near you. American Family Insurance. All your protection under one roof. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its subsidiaries. Home Office, Madison, Wisconsin. The Institute of Chemical Dependency Studies Distance Learning Training offers the required curriculum necessary to start working as a chemical dependency counselor. It's academically solid, provides learning experiences in various formats with an emphasis on treatment, prevention, counseling techniques, case management, and other related areas, offering basic knowledge and skills to be a successful chemical dependency counselor. Find out more about this NADAC-approved training. Call 866-523-2669 or go to www.cdstudies.com. First, your child's heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Your child may experience nausea and want to sleep it off. Hopefully, your child will resist that urge and won't slip into a coma or die from this prescription painkiller overdose. Of course, kids who learn about the dangers of drugs from their parents are 40% less likely to abuse prescription drugs than those who don't. So talk to your child now, and there's a pretty good chance that this will never happen to your child. For more information, visit drugfree.org. A message from Partnership for a Drug-Free Washington in America. Need professional-looking documents? Office Depot can help. From small jobs to bound presentations, bring in your document or submit it at officedepot.com. We'll ship virtually anywhere. Plus, our work is backed by the Office Depot Satisfaction Guarantee. Office Depot, taking care of business. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. Our Recovery Music Showcase uh, continues down here in Oregon, down in Eugene from Far West Music Conference. I'm Neil Scott. Great to have you with us on Recovery Coast to Coast. Joining us in this segment is Lee Jones, who now uh, lives down here in Eugene. He's been around uh, around the country doing his music, and uh, he joins us tonight. He has been codependent over the years and uh, has been in recovery from that. He's got some uh, some great music. There was a, a CD he had out back in 1989 called Against the Wall, Songs of Recovery. You can find that on CD Baby, by the way, uh, under Lee Jones, L-E-A Jones. W- what's your website? Uh, we're on, I'm on Reverb Nation. Uh, Reverb Nation. Dot com. Dot slash. Slash Lee, L-E-A Jones 2. 2. Mm-hmm. Is there a Lee Jones 1? Is that the problem? Yeah. There is. Mm-hmm. Not, but uh, when you're number two, you really are number one, and I'm just delighted to, uh, to, to have you here. T- tell us a little bit about uh, the codependency part of Lee Jones. Right. When I was, well, you know, I was, I was a child of the, uh, 
of the uh, parents of the you know of the parents who grew up in the uh, depression and the world war in were young adults in world war 2 and and uh, nurturance and and um, self advocacy and and uh, feeling good about oneself wasn't top priority for that generation of folks and so um, and my my upbringing was just so reserved emotionally and and I had like huge issues of, of self-confidence and lack of self feelings of lack of self-worth mm -hmm. and uh, it just haunted me for uh, you know most of my first 20 or 30 30 years really what did you do about it uh, well I started playing music when I was 17 and that helped that helped me start like connecting with the world I just always I felt like a stranger you know I felt like yeah. an, an alien being <laughs> yeah. walking on the earth I have a lot of songs with stranger in the title actually <laughs> and uh, you know it's uh, the uh, the codependence thing um, I didn't of course know what that was about until after I had written a whole bunch of songs about it I was when I was 25 I married a woman who a uh, wonderful woman who I still love who was uh, an alcoholic and uh, we spent 10 years together, you know, air quotes there, and, uh, and uh, there were fidelity issues in the relationship, and uh, there were, uh, uh, like, of course, lots of alcohol and, and uh, other chemicals, and uh, a, a, a friend of mine encouraged me to go through a workshop, uh, and I did, and it was a you know, personal growth thing, and it was revelatory for me, and I broke out of basically just erupted out of this pattern of behavior that I'd fallen into and, and uh, began a long and laborious process of mm. uh, beginning to see myself and see the world in a different way. I would guess the marriage did not survive that. The survival of the marriage was, yeah, it, it, had, it, had, it had expired really quite a long time before that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a parting of the ways, and it was uh, painful, but it, you know, in the long run, it was a good thing. Mm. And, and how did that relate to the music that you have uh, done? Well, yeah, so I, I put out that first record and called it Against the Wall, Songs of Recovery. And by the way, it's, it's now on CD Baby as contact information because it's my first two records. The second record was really about codependence, and it was really about n knowing what that was about. And I wrote a whole bunch of acoustic guitar songs about uh, it there. So, so I just they were both out on cassette, so I put them out on... Uh, a CD recently, and so it's called contact information. And uh, what was the question? <laughs> How uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, the relationship uh, to, with codependency and your recovery from all of that, and mm -hmm. your music. The the piece with the codependence, I think, had to do with you know just being able to allow myself to fall into situations that aren't good for me, mm -hmm. or weren't good for me, and I'm, I'm doing a much better job of watching out for that now. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you still writing on a continuing basis? I write, you know, if I write three songs that I like in a year, that's a good year. I'm a very uh, laborious writer. I, I have so much other stuff on my mind, and, and I don't write songs just to write them. I write them because I have something that I really want to say. Mm. And I don't write songs that I am not extremely happy to play and put out there. So it takes me, when I decide to write a song, it's a, it's a big deal. <laughs> You're back in school now. I'm I'm uh, working on a, a reading endorsement to pile on top of my special ed masters, so mm -hmm. I can uh, be employed here in Eugene and and uh, and continue to uh, live here and raise my son here and make music with my friends here. Yeah, so I'm having to having to really bust my. Butt. You enjoy being a special ed teacher. I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I love teaching. It's great. Um, the special ed piece. Um, I'm ready to move into uh, working with. Uh, 
uh, teachers as well as students instead of working with students all day long. Mm. I've been doing it for such a long time. It's like I need to change gears. Lee Jones uh, uh, joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. It's www.reverbnation.com slash forward slash Lee Jones, L-E-A-J-O-N-E-S 2. And, and you will find all his music. But right now I'd like you to play a song from Against the Wall, Songs of Recovery. Uh, Learn to Fly. Give me the backstory on that. Learning to fly on my own wings. Well, this was this was um, like right in the middle of the transition, and I don't think I had done the uh, workshop yet at this point. So I was leaning into this thing. I think I, I really don't remember, but the Did way you have I, your own wings. The yet? way no, <laughs> no, that was that was the uh, that was the problem. They were just like little stubby things at that point. So yeah, the my, the songwriting process for me is I, I generally get a a, a theme like a, a phrase in my head. That, that I feel like I can latch onto and write about. And so once I did that, I don't know what I was listening to at the time either, but uh, this has got a, I think it, I had, I, I think I had a lot of police in my head at that point. And, and <laughs> so there's like this cheeky, cheeky guitar thing and there's a bass part. And I did, I wrote this stuff. I wrote this stuff that was impossible for me to perform. I wasn't a, a, even a competent guitar player at that point. I was a musician in my head. I heard all this stuff, and I and I was like, "Yeah, that's oh, that's great. That's great." Now all I have to do is like go into the studio and you know get twelve people to play these things, you know. And that's how it was. Then I ran out of money, and the good thing was that I, a friend took me to see Michelle Shocked, and that's when oh. I, that's when I realized that wow, you know, you can write songs for a single guitar, and yeah. they can be cool. You know? I love Michelle Shocked. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I know, man. I know. And that was right when that album had come out. Yeah. The Shell Shocked, you know, it's like anchored down in Anchorage. And yes, like yeah. So I saw her and I saw John Hyatt and I went, kabam! You know, my whole musical life just changed at that point. Um, but this thing, um, yeah, I, I, it was it was obviously a transitional period that was, was just beginning. I'm going to give it a shot here. Learning to Fly on My Own Wings, Lee Jones. A baby you and I Couldn't catch the spark As it went slipping by Falling, hey, I'm falling To come the ground There's a feather in your cap And you can't be found So I'm learning Oh, I'm learning down you try anything oh just once to stop dreaming you know what dreams bring yeah the keeper of the cage and now the prisoner too yeah oh, you left me with a key baby mm, what else can i do
changes come so slow while time passes by dragging me down when I need most to rise up and fly on my own wings learning to fly calling you mm, don't look back don't look down now but what you gonna do Ooh, you better learn yeah learn learn how to fly on your own way learn to fly on my own way Learning to fly. That's Lee Jones, learning to fly on my own wings. We are down here flying on our own wings in Eugene, Oregon, at the Far West Music Conference. And by the way, Lee's music, including that song, available on a CD which is called Contact Information. The CD contains both early studio albums from Lee Jones, Against the Wall, Songs of Recovery, and feels like love to me, which is certainly a lot about codependency as well. We thank Lee for stopping by down here in Eugene, Oregon. It is really a delight for us to be down here amongst so many musicians uh, carrying the message of hope and the promise of recovery. And, you know, there's a lot of music that relates to people in recovery, and you certainly don't have to be in recovery to be able to to have that vibe and to be able to share that message of, of hope. And joining us in this segment is Deborah Crooks. Uh, she is one of the many singer-songwriters down here in Eugene. She is from the Bay Area, nice enough to join us. How long have you been doing music? Oh, my goodness. It's probably been 11 or 12 years now. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. How'd you get into it? I was writing my whole life. And then yeah. when I was a kid, I used to sing and love music. But after living in Boulder and just being exposed to a lot of oh, that's a great folk area and roots for music, music. Oh, I just was kind of like, oh, I can do this too. Yeah, yeah. And you wound up going to the Bay Area down in Alameda? Yeah, I'm a California native. So I came oh, back okay. um, to the Bay Area after I lived in Colorado. I'd gone through a bad breakup and came back home, so to speak. With the bad breakup, were there were a lot of good songs? That's when the songs really started going. <laughs> I have to say that that's where the music really, really kicked in. Is being, that's often being helpful. the case. Absolutely. <laughs> what is the songwriting process like for you? Oh, what is it like, or how does it start, or yeah, all of it? All of that. I mean, I think originally it was definitely like I've got some feelings. I need to process this and figure this out, and and writing always led me to that, and. Having been a writer for so long, I, when I was more in touch with my emotional state and having seen music and was singing, I think, has a mm -hmm. healing and a sure. cathartic component to it, which is why it's been done for as long as there's humans. Um, so sometimes it's, you know, usually as far as writing, I get a line. You know, I get a line of, of words or a lyric or I'll see something that's like, wow, that's a turn of phrase. And then now usually I just keep, if I write that down somewhere, lately it's been in the iPhone <laughs> notes, <laughs> notes section. And then um, when it comes time to write a song, which right now by this time I have a lot of kind of checks and balances in places, including 
shows coming up and songwriter groups that I'm a part of so that there's a song that needs to, you know, I know that and the value. And there are bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'll sit down and go. And then, you know, then, then that's when the guitar comes out. And I've done different co-write projects. Um, Words come first or music? Uh, words usually do, mm -hmm. but often there's a melody with it. Mm -hmm. So that I'll have a chorus or I'll have a verse. Mm -hmm. Um, but because I've been writing longer and that, you know, I came to guitar late, uh, that usually words, but they're all a little bit related, you know, usually now it's like the, the it's all kind of one package, then it's like I'm working to try, try to figure out how to express it correctly. Deborah Crooks joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. Uh, tell me about the song, It's All Up To You. Well, It's All Up To You, I thought it was apt because I, um, I definitely feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of life is recovery mm -hmm. and I mean I didn't come from the happiest home I didn't have a lot of models of joy <laughs> and um, that you know the the hopelessness part of could be an addiction in itself I think that you know our negativity can be its own trap of mm -hmm. this is how we know how to do it and that doesn't work usually if I stay in my negative mm -hmm. tendencies. And so it's all up to you. I mean, a lot of my learning process, process and growth process as just a person and spiritual path has been through yoga, studies of yoga and Buddhism and really understanding through practice, showing up daily somewhere, that my thoughts can change the outcome. And then to challenge myself, whether, you know, that, you, you know, whatever we're doing in this writing a song showing up to do a practice of any kind because music has so many i think parallels mm -hmm. to spiritual practice um we have our our ways of doing things and then one day we the light kind of goes on like oh you know i can adjust this slightly and it might have a completely different um experience of the world and my relationships. And so I was really struggling, you know, of course, after a bad breakup and there was some deaths in the family and it just wasn't, it was bleak, you know, life was not happy, but life was going on all along and around me. So it's like, okay, some people seem to understand how to do this. <laughs> Regardless of Deborah Crook's life was going on. So anyhow, it's all up to you is about that. It's like, you know, there's really, it's even right now, if you look at the paper, there doesn't have to be fighting. There doesn't yeah, have to be yeah. any of this if we just, decide not to be mm -hmm. but we have we can get so locked into our beliefs our own patterns if it's very individual or global that we forget that there's infinite variety of ways to do things so it's all to you it's very much that there's no war unless you want there to be it's all in your mind i love the, the concept and I, I love the the song as well uh, you were nice enough to send that to me let's listen now to it's all up to you and i want to tell people that if you want to find out more about deborah about where she's performing about her music uh, go to www.deborahcrooks d-e-b-o-r-a-h c-r-o-o-k-s dot com and uh, you'll find out more about that thank you so much for stopping by thank you i really appreciate your doing this here. let's listen to it's all up to you here's deborah crooks Behind your eyes, it's clear to see 
been listening to Recovery Coast to Coast, a program feature of the Nonprofit Alliance for Recovery. Recovery Coast to Coast is heard nightly from 10 p.m. till midnight Pacific time, Monday through Friday, from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and heard nationally in streaming audio. For information about future programs, please visit www.recoverycoasttocoast.org, where you can listen to, download, or podcast our last five shows, as well as find information on upcoming program. Please join us next time when we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. The bright side of addiction is recovery.